0: The reading today is from Romans 1133 to 36, the doxology. Oh, the depth of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. All right. Thanks, Patty. Yeah, the Bible reading is the shortest bit of the service. That's quite unusual. It's not our uh, usual thing. Um, It's a topical sermon today. If you don't know, we are going through a series on the Reformation. These big events 500 years ago when, uh, yeah, God used these great events to make the church uh, come back to the biblical gospel. And it's great to look at that, 500 years since Luther nailed his thesis to the wall. Normally we go through books of the Bible, passage by passage, that's how we believe God speaks. But uh, sometimes we do topics like this. So there's a lot of different things, but I hope we will hear God speak through one clear message. So why don't we pray for that? Father, thank you that uh, you are speaking, God. Please speak to us, show us who you are, show us your glory, and would it change our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Now we are looking at the, yeah, what people call the five solas, the five alones. Uh, The Reformation emphasized grace alone, faith alone. Christ alone. And there was one line behind it all, they thought. Glory to God alone. But it's not just a bit of theology. Now, the thing that you see behind me, this music score, at the end it has those words, if you can read it, Soli Deo Gloria, Latin for glory to God alone. Now, it says Kelvin, but this was not Kelvin. Do you know who this was? Who puts Soli Deo Gloria after everything? It was Johann Sebastian Bach, eh, this great composer. He was an evangelical Christian. And after everything he wrote, he wrote this, glory to God alone. So this is not something for theologians, not just. It's also something for just everyday life, everyday work. Eh? What do you think he meant? Is it just, well, I dedicate this to God? No, he was making a very important statement about who God is, who he is. What God has done, and that is what I hope we will see. Actually, glory to God alone is really something for our life. But uh, the main person will, uh, the person we will tie this to is Calvin, Jean Calvin, born in France, 1509. Now, what kind of person was he? He wasn't a monk. He was a scholar. He studied theology, law, classics. Published his first commentary on a a Roman writer in, in age 23. He was a, a scholar. Of course, when he was studying, he became a Christian, uh, heard the Lutheran gospel. Uh, he had to flee, spent some time traveling around, uh, and finally became a pastor of a church in Geneva. That's how we know him best. But how do we know Calvin the most? It's not because he discovered something. It's not like Luther, who finally saw the light and saw that we are made right with God just through Jesus and not by our works. I think his strength was that he systematized the faith. Uh, people finally had their Bibles. They could read their Bibles. They saw all these things that were different from what they knew. And Calvin, uh, yeah, he had a clear mind. He, yeah, his strength was to put it all together so that we, we understood what we believe. Uh, books like the Institutes that we still read today. And we see that, uh, that the thing we're focusing on is uh, one time uh, a, book, yeah, a letter he wrote to a cardinal called Sadolet. Now what happened, he was in Geneva, but he wasn't popular. They were kicked out, so Geneva didn't have a pastor or something. And then the, the Catholic Church, uh, this cardinal wrote a letter saying, come home, come back to us, basically. And the Genevans, they were very cheeky. They sought out Kelvin in another country. Can you write a reply to us? And so he wrote, yeah, a reply to Sadolet, refuting everything he said. And that was his most famous writing in the time. It was the only thing of Kelvin that Luther read, and he, uh, he loved it. But it's just, uh, it became famous as such a clear statement of the, uh, of the gospel, of why this is important. And yeah, he talks about all kinds of things, all kinds of practices, uh, including justification by faith. had a big thing. He said, look, this is the first and keenest subject of controversy between us. This is the biggest thing we disagree on. But what was the issue for him? It wasn't just that people aren't saved. Wherever the knowledge of it is taken away, the glory of Christ is extinguished. If you take this away you extinguish the glory of Jesus. What is the glory? Well, it's how great Jesus is and that everyone knows how great he is. If you take this away, Jesus is just no longer great. That is their big concern, the glory of God. And why is that? And why is it that if we are saved, made right with God, just through Jesus, he gets the glory? And if we do anything for it, if our good behavior are good deeds if they come into the mix and that takes away the glory why is that well that's why we want to go to the bible to uh, to look at that a bit let's take a step back now i guess if you read the bible i hope it's not a surprise that yeah god does everything for his glory for his name as uh, around easter we looked at exodus what did god say why all the plagues Well, he said to Pharaoh, I have raised you up for this very purpose, that I might show you my power and that my name might be proclaimed in all the earth. It's about God's name, his glory. Uh, Why does he get the people out of exile, Ezekiel? It's not for your sake, people of Israel, that I'm going to do these things, but for the sake of my holy name. It's uh, for me. But the thing is not just that it's for God's glory. The thing about the Reformation is God's glory alone. Because the church at the time from the Middle Ages, I mean, they talked about Christ. They talked about grace. They talked about God's glory. But not Christ alone. Not grace alone. Not God's glory alone. Why the alone? And I think that passage in Romans is what people often went to. Well, this is why it is all God alone. Uh, This is the end of Romans. Do go there if you don't have it in front of you. Uh, Paul has been explaining God's salvation plan. uh, And now he, he praises God for his wisdom and grace that we saw there. But it's that last verse, isn't it? Verse 36. For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. What is the issue in that verse? Eh, everything is for him, but it goes together with those other two from him and through him and for him. And, and these are not free loose things, they're connected. That's what Calvin said. Look, as all things flow from him and subsist in him, so says Paul, they ought to be referred to him. It's, everything comes, is to God because it's from him. And so basically it is about God being the creator. God is the creator because everything comes from him. That is not just verse 36. Verse 34 and 35 are these quotes from the Old Testament. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? If you look them up, that is in passages about God saying, Look, I'm the creator. Don't you know who I am? I'm the creator. And if you think about the creator, I mean, that's the most important thing to understand about God. He's the creator. And the thing about the creator is, he does it all. The creator does it all. God created us and we did nothing. Think about that. How were you made by God? What did you do? And when God thought of making you, did you advise him? Well, no, because you didn't exist. Did you give God a hand in making yourself? No, you didn't exist. Right? If God is the creator, then he did everything and you did nothing. And so, yeah, he should get the glory for that, right? It's all because of him. Even now, the person you are, if you are very talented, is that because of you? Or is that because God made you talented? It's because God made you that, right? From him and through him are all things. If you are a man or a woman, that is through God. And it's, not, it's not about you. It's all from God. Now, maybe, I don't know how we can best illustrate that. Um, four years ago, Frozen won an Oscar for Best Animated Movie. Hey, you know Frozen, this wonderful Disney movie. If you have girls as children, you will have seen Elsa dresses and everything. Now, who received the Oscar? I don't know. You may not know these people. It's, it's, it's Chris Buck and Jennifer Lee, who are the directors, and Peter Delveccio, who's the producer. They received the Oscar. Now, why not Elsa? I mean, why not? Right? I mean, it's Elsa that people love. No one has a Jennifer Lee dress. They all have an Elsa dress. Right? Everyone sings Let It Go. People have never heard of you. Why Elsa? (laughs) Well, it's obvious, right? Elsa is a creation. Yeah? The way Elsa looks, that's due to the animators. Elsa's personality is due to the scriptwriters. Elsa's voice, that's uh, an actress called Idina Menzel. Let It Go was written by Robert Lopez and Kristen, his wife. Huh? They made Elsa. And so Elsa, well, she did nothing. Of course, in a way, it's through her. Of course, in one way, she did. In the other hand, no. It's all from other people. And so she gets no Oscar. Huh? But basically, this is a picture of you. Now, you may think, well, I'm much more than a cartoon character. Yeah. But God is also a lot more than those people there. In relation to God, we are like Elsa. God imagined you. God decided to make you. God chose what you would be like. God sustains every moment of your being, every thought, decision, event. It's all from Him. And for Him, exactly as He wanted it. It's not from you. You didn't do it yourself. It's all from God. And when you get that, yeah, that changes how you live, right? You will know that everything you are is from God. Everything you are is, is through God. Then, well, yeah, everything you are is for God. And you will live in dependence on him. You will live, well, with, <laughs> with him as the one who you need. Yeah? If everything is from God, then you need him. And the problem is that's not how we live, Right? We don't honor or thank God. That's how Romans 1 starts. People reject their creator. When Adam and Eve, they ate the apple, why did they do that? That they could be like God. There's no difference. We don't need you. I can be like God. That's the problem. God is the creator, but we reject that. And then how is God going to be our creator again? How is God going to bring us back in that right relationship And the answer is, well, rescuing us, saving us. Because in a way, being saved, it's like creation. We are helpless and God does it all. That is not just reality. It's not just reality that when we turned away from God, we were lost and we needed him to save us. It is there to teach us a lesson that we need God, that we are helpless, that he does everything. I mean, how do you see being rescued by God? Eh, you think of a picture like, I don't know, you're in a, in a hole in the ground and you can't get out, and God throws you a rope so that you can climb out. I mean, without God, you couldn't do it. Is that the right picture, climbing out? Well, Ephesians 2 is a great passage to say no. No. Uh, what did, uh, I'll put it on the screen, what did Paul say? As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world. You were dead. You were not just in a hole, you were dead. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even when we were dead in transgressions. Uh, It's not about, uh, yeah, climbing out. It's A dead person being made alive. And so it's by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Uh, Again, think of Lazarus in the grave and Jesus bringing him out, making him alive. Did Lazarus really help with that? Did Lazarus go, Yo, Jesus, I'm over here, focus? Uh, Did he? No, he did nothing. He was dead. And that's the thing. You were dead. And God made you alive. And so it's all from him. And now you know again God God is your creator. Salvation, being saved, is like a new creation. God becomes again your, your everything. Your all in all because he did it all. And that is something that teaches us who God is. And sometimes we need to be taught who God is. We give thanks for the meal. Why do we do that? God gives it anyway. It teaches us, oh yeah, God gives us everything. It's why we say after the offering, all things come from you. We teach ourselves, oh yeah, everything is from God. But yeah, what did they say then? Calvin, if this is really who God is, what God wants, well, you know, if the blood of Christ alone is uniformly set forth, eh? if if it's only Jesus' blood that purchases satisfaction, reconciliation, and ablution, how dare you presume to transfer so great an honor to your works? Calvin says, look, if God does everything, but you say your works are part of it, you give that the same honor. Look, the things that you do, the same honor as God. That's wrong. Let let me just... Explain that. Maybe it's, it's not clear. Let me... And this is the simple illustration. Eh? Imagine you die, and you go and meet God. Eh? The, the imagery of uh, going to the pearly gates. What would you say to God? Eh? Why would I let you into heaven, he asks. I guess the right answer, hey, that Jesus died for my sins. But what if you say, well, you know, I, I've been generous, I've been kind... I've been a pretty good person. Does that really honor Jesus? Or is that wrong? I mean, let's think about these two people. Here's Julie and here's Johnny. Now, they are both Christians. They both trust in Jesus' death for their sins. But Julie has been generous and kind. Johnny has not been very good. And the results? Well, Julie goes in and Johnny doesn't, basically. Uh, this to say, this is wrong, but I want to explain why it's wrong. Now, who gets the glory for Julie going in? Who, what is the deciding thing? Well, it's Julie, isn't it? It's not Jesus. They both trust in Jesus, but Johnny didn't get in. But Jesus is just not the deciding factor. The deciding factor is that Julie has been generous and kind. So who should get the Oscar? Julie. I mean, think of Jesus. Is he such a great savior? He loves Johnny. He came down and died for Johnny, but he couldn't save Johnny. He's not much of a savior, is he? If you see this and you think, yeah, to put that in the same bracket as the deciding factor, it takes away from Jesus' glory. If what we do makes a difference, then... The glory is not ours. And so, yeah, that's what they emphasized. Calvin again. For so long as a man has anything, however small, to say in his own defense, so long he deducts somewhat from the glory of God. It's such an important point. You added nothing to being saved. You were rescued purely because of God's love and mercy. Nothing that you added Grace alone, Jesus alone, for God's glory alone. That's the heart of the gospel. It's the heart of us as a church. And, And it's wonderful news. Because, of course, if there's Julie and Johnny, who are you? Come on, be honest. Are you generous and kind enough to say to God, yeah, you should let me in? Of course not. We're all Johnny. If it depended on us, there was no hope. But thankfully, God does it all. Yes, we're dead, but God made us alive, and we're saved. That is the gospel, and that is God's glory. And we obscure that if we add in what we do to the mix. That's what has so much at the heart of the Reformation. It's not just about how you're saved. This is about who God is and who we are and how we relate to him. He's the creator, the savior. He does it all, and that is what makes him so great. But that is being saved. The thing is, of course, that should change our life. I hope this is, of course, something that you've done yourself. Again, ask yourself that question. If you arrive at those gates and you, when you die, what would you say to God? Don't talk about yourself, <laughs> right? It's because Jesus died for you. You need him. You need to trust in him. You need to come to him, Jesus, I need you. I can't do it. But having done that, having learned that lesson, what will that look like for our lives? I mean, one big thing, of course, is, uh, yeah, depending if we depend on God for everything. Of course, if we know that this is God's plan, teaching people who he is, a big thing is living for God's glory and spreading the gospel. Of course, God wants people to know their creator again. So we need to tell them. I mean, Kelvin did that. He wanted to just be a writer in a study, but he knew that God called him to be a pastor and to train pastors. That's what he did. It wasn't what he wanted, but he knew this is what the gospel needs. And certainly, I guess as a church, making disciples is at the heart of what we do. But let's go back to, uh, to Bach. Why did Bach write Soli Deo Gloria? Why did he say, okay, look, glory to god alone and not to me i hope you see now what he's saying look it's not from me this right people think bach was the greatest composer ever but it's not from him everything is from god and through god right that's what he said look it's humility he's being humble and say look it's not from me everything i do it's it's from god and so he should get the glory uh, um, this kind of humility. Um, of course, you, I don't know, you write an email. I don't think you should write Soli Deo Gloria under it. Maybe you should. But think about it. You know, if you're successful, we talked about it yesterday with the men's group, right? You, you're doing something at work and it goes really well. People compliment you. You've done a great job. Or even if they don't compliment you, you know, you, uh, you're a housewife, you're managing your kids, and your family life actually runs what do you say? I can do this. You know, I'm, I'm talented. Actually, yeah, I, I'm okay. That's often how we respond, right? Something goes, well, I think it's me. It's not me, right? It is God. We should think, no, that is only because of who God made me. It's only him working through me. If God is the creator, he gets all the glory, not me. Yeah? That's why we should give thanks. When you get your salary, what do you think? Well done me. I've earned this. This That's my temptation. I guess, yeah, I've worked hard for this. Why don't you give thanks next time? Very simple application, right? When you get your salary, give thanks. Because it's only because God gave you a job, and God made you able to do that job, and God made sure you didn't get fired, all those things, right? It's all from God. And then the second thing, I guess a big one, prayer. How do we show that we think everything comes from God? Praying, right? Think about it. Prayer is when you go to God and say, I need you. I can't do this myself. Right? Prayer is, is, is the big application. It's, it's, it's the biggest evidence of faith, Prayer. I mean, if you think everything is from you and through you, why pray? If it's from God and for God, well, we should pray. It's what Jesus says. Uh, John 15, another passage. Uh, the famous discourse. I'm the vine; you're the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, if it's through me, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. The same thing again. It's only through Jesus. But the opposite Verse 7, if you remain in me, my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Eh, Just ask. This is to my Father's glory. How is God glorified? As you pray, because then you will show yourself to be Jesus' disciples. You will show it through Jesus to God's glory. Eh? It's prayer. So again, a practical application, not end of the month, but well, end of the month, our prayer meeting. One more notice. On Friday night it's our monthly prayer meeting. Seven thirty for food, eight o'clock for prayer. Why should we pray? Again we need God, right? How is God gonna build this church? Do you think everything is from Hewu, through Hewu? For (laughs) Hewu? The pastor here? No, eh? I mean, is that what you think? That you know we have a staff team, we pay them, they'll sort it out. No, right? It's from God. God, and how do you show that by praying? So, yeah, please come and show your faith this Friday if you are able to come, come to the prayer meeting. And that is, but it's practical, right? It's something for every moment of every day. Everything you do, you need God. He is the creator, He's done it all, creating you, saving you, and now your everyday life. You need your creator, and that brings Him the glory why don't we take a moment to reflect and then i'll pray and then we're going to sing yeah a great song about god the creator let's pray oh, the, yeah let's quiet and pray let's pray our father thank you for who you are thank you that you are so different from us you're the creator we're your creatures thank you that we know that thank you that we know what is true what is real, That. We need you for everything. Uh, We needed you to be saved. We needed you to just exist. And now we need you for every moment of our lives. Father, would we know that? Would we reflect on this truth? And would it lead to, yeah, our daily living and depending for you, on you? And would that bring you much glory because it shows who you really are? In Jesus' name, amen.